What's up guys, Nathan here, and today I'm gonna to walk you through the perfect poker bluff. I'm going to give you a step-by-step -step example showing you exactly what cards to do it with, when to go all in, so let's jump right into it. All right, so first things first, I just want to point out that this is an advanced bluffing strategy that I'm gonna be teaching you today. And I really only recommend this for those of you who play at least mid-stakes poker games or high-stakes poker games. If you are playing in low-stakes, small-stakes poker games, I would not typically suggest this strategy because it's just going to go right over the head of most of your opponents, your beginner level opponents in these small stakes games, and you're just going to get called. So I just want to be abundantly clear that this is an advanced poker strategy only meant to be used against high level thinking aggressive players in higher stakes games. All right, with that out of the way, let's jump right into it. All right, so today, as mentioned, we're gonna be talking about the perfect poker bluff. So let's give you an example here a tag titan aggressive player raises from the button and we decide to flat call in the big blind with ace jack of diamonds now if you guys have read any of my poker books or watched the videos on this channel before you know that i talk about frequencies a lot especially in my second book the modern small stakes I talk at length about mixing up your play against good thinking opponents at higher stakes games. You don't wanna be doing anything 100% of the time, so I just wanna point out that I'm going to be three betting, aka re-raising pre-flop a lot in this situation here, but I chose, we chose to just flat call in this particular example here. So just wanna be totally clear with that. We're always using frequencies against good thinking opponents in higher level games. We're never doing anything 100% of the time. So flop's gonna come down with a king of clubs, 10 of diamonds, and three of hearts. So overall, not a bad flop for our hand. No, we didn't hit a pair, of course, but hopefully you've already seen that we do have a gut shot straight draw to the nuts here. If a queen were to come on the Turner River, we'd have the best hand possible. And we also have the backdoor nut flush draw if it were to come diamond diamond on the turn river. We would also make the best hand. And finally, we have one strong overcard with the ace. And we also have a jack, which could be live as well, could potentially give us the best hand if we were to pair up that card as well. So this is an example of how to read a board, understand your equity, and understand that we actually have some reasonable hand strength on this board. This is not one of these situations where we've completely whiffed. So this is a spot where we're gonna be fighting for some pots against higher level players like this. Also remember that this player raised on the button. And hopefully you guys know a little bit about position at the poker table already. And therefore you would know that this is a tight and aggressive player who's gonna be stealing from this seat pre-flop with a wide range of hands not just you know aces and kings and ace king and stuff like that so we definitely want to be defending here our hand is significantly underrepped due to the way that we played at pre-flop this is a situation where we're definitely gonna be fighting for this pawn now there's many different ways we can go about this we can lead out in this situation here we can check call we can check raise we're gonna choose the more standard line here and we're just gonna check call we check on the flop here of course we're first to act because we're in the big blind the tag player goes ahead and makes his routine continuation bet we expect this player an aggressive player type like this to be betting nearly 100 percent of the range on this board if you guys have read my latest book the micro stakes playbook i talk all about continuation betting ranges in that book so if you struggle with any of that i would recommend checking 
checking that out. But the bottom line is here, we expect a continuation bet out of this player at a very, very high frequency. And therefore we're gonna make a standard call here. We will raise sometimes as a semi bluff in this situation. Once again, it's all about frequencies. As you move up the stakes, we're never doing anything 100% of the time. And we will of course lead out here sometimes as well, but we chose to just check call in this situation. So let's go see a turn. All right, so the turn comes with the four of diamonds and this is a very, very good card for us because we now have four to the flush. So this is a perfect situation where I love to take a hand like this and start making a play at somebody with a lot of equity odds to win the pot. So we go ahead and check once again, and the tight and aggressive player decides to double barrel in this situation. Now, hopefully you guys know that a double barrel in this situation does represent quite a bit of strength. That's when somebody raises preflop, bets the flop, and then bets again on the turn. But guys, we need to always remember the player type in poker. It's more important than anything. And versus this particular player type, we expect them to double barrel in this situation a lot of the time. And also remember the preflop action once again as well. This is what I call one of those late position battles where this player raised from the button, you know, again, wide range, trying to steal the blinds and we defended from the big blind. So we expect this player to apply a lot of pressure in a situation like this and try to move us off our hand. So what should we be doing in a spot like this? Well, standard play is just a call here. We certainly have tons and tons of equity, but being out of position in this spot here, I love to spring the check raise a decent amount of the time in a spot like this, because this really applies a tremendous amount of pressure on a player like this we know again they're not going to have a particularly strong hand a lot of the time here and therefore we're going to get a lot of folds right here now on the turn it's also going to increase our overall level of aggression which is always a good thing in poker it makes you more difficult to play against it keeps people constantly guessing and it gets you more action when you actually want it when you have for example pocket threes here for a set or something like that but anyways the tag player goes ahead and calls us here and you know, a lot of people always ask me, well, Nathan, what happens when you spring the bluff on the turn and they call you? So we're gonna talk about that right now. Let's go see a river. All right, so river's gonna come down with the eight of spades. Unfortunately, there's nothing there for us. This is a complete brick. We've completely missed everything. So this is the situation where a lot of people will give up. They'll say, well, I made my play on the turn. I tried to take this pot down and you know, it didn't work. You know, I'm probably just gonna get called now. So, you know, I'll just give up on the hands now, I'll cut my losses. But guys, let's challenge ourselves to think through this hand on a little bit of a deeper level. And let's see if there's maybe a little bit better play that we can make in this situation here. So spoiler alert, we're gonna go all in here and let's analyze the reasons behind that right now. We decide to go all in on this river here. We're basically forcing this player to literally show up with one of five hands, pocket kings, pocket tens, king 10, three, three, or four, four. I'm gonna discount pocket eights here because I believe that that hand definitely would have folded by the turn after we check raise. And I'm also gonna discount hands like king three and king four because I don't think those hands will be in this player's pre-flop opening range just because they're such junky hands. Remember, it's, this is a tight and aggressive player. They do have some standards. 
Now, the other thing we need to remember is that this is a Titan aggressive player who raised pre-flop from where the button. And what do we know about the button? We know that this is where most players have by far their biggest opening range. They're often trying to seal the blinds. So we know that this player has many, many other hands in their range that they cannot call a shove here with. Let's talk about a few of them. And again, I'm, I'm only gonna be talking about the hands here that I think would have called our check raise on the turn. This is gonna be hands like ace-king, king-queen, king-jack, king-nine, ace-ten, queen-ten, jack-ten, queen-jack, pocket aces, pocket queens, and pocket jacks. I think you guys get the idea here. There is a lot more hands here that this player could potentially be here on the river with that is probably not going to call a shove on this river. The other thing, guys, let's talk about some poker math for just a second here. We need to always remember that there are far more combinations of unpaired whole cards than there are of pocket pairs. Like I said, you know, we ran through the hands that are gonna snap call us on the river here, and four of those five, pocket kings, pocket tens, pocket threes, and pocket fours, are pocket pairs. There's only six combinations, guys, of pocket pairs pre-flop, whereas with unpaired hands, which is the long list that I just laid out for you there, starting with ace-king and uh, ending with uh, queen-jack. Okay, there's a couple pocket pairs in there, but unpaired hands like ace-king, guys, there's 16 combinations of ace-king before the flop, whereas, again, there's only six combinations of a hand like pocket kings. So what does all this mean without geeking out and getting too math nerdy here? It means that he's much much more likely to have a hand like ace-king or king-queen or king-jack than they are to have pocket kings or pocket tens or pocket threes. And finally, let's just put ourselves in this player's position here with a hand like ace-king, king-queen, king-jack, all these hands that I just listed here. Ask yourself seriously in this situation, I got check-raised on the turn, after I double-barreled and now this player has shoved on me on the river. Do I really want to call off my entire stack here with a one-pair hand? Remember, the vast majority of this player's range here that we just went through are one-pair hands, and a couple of them are actually missed draws. He's obviously just gonna throw away immediately, like the queen-jack, for example. I think you guys already know the answer to this. This player is going to fold the vast majority of these hands. He's not gonna call off his entire stack here with king-jack, certainly not with jack 10 and ace 10 and all of these sorts of hands. So guys, I hope I gave you a decent explanation here of how I process hands when I'm thinking about running a complex, sophisticated bluff, once again, only against aggressive players in higher stakes games. The key takeaways that I want you guys to get from this video is that I'm not just shoving chips randomly in the middle here, hoping and praying that they fold. That is not a good strategy to make the quote unquote perfect bluff in poker. Instead, you need to be picking your spots wisely, applying calculated aggression against the right players in the right situations, the right board textures, and we just discussed that. But guys, the bottom line is that the heart and soul of winning poker really is being able to force somebody to fold a better hand. Remember, we don't actually have anything here. We have ace high. This is literally the bread and butter of how you get ahead in this 
game and win on an elite level. Now I just want to be totally clear once again that this is not a play that you should be using very often, if at all, if you play small stakes. And even if you play in higher stakes games, I am not pulling this bluff off in a situation like this every time. Guys, my intention with this video was not to get you to start bluffing wildly and every single time you have ace jack high here and you got a flush draw on the turn. But hopefully I got across to you some of the main ideas behind a higher level sophisticated bluff that hopefully you guys can start using in some of your poker games ultimately having more success at the poker tables. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this poker podcast episode. If you want to know my complete strategy for beating small and mid-stakes poker games, make sure you go grab a copy of my free poker cheat sheet that's available on my website at blackrain79.com. And also make sure you hit like and subscribe here to the podcast because I'm putting out new episodes every single week to help you guys quickly get beating your poker games. I wish you guys all the best at the poker tables. I'll catch you next week. This has been Nathan Williams with Black Rain 79 dot com.